0: What's up Rock family, what's up Rock family. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. We are closing out the Make a Difference series today. And we have an incredibly, incredibly powerful time. Short message. But a very, very powerful um, interview today that I believe is going to move on your heart. So, uh, Before we start, please hit the share button. Get this out to your friends. I'm Miles Pearson, pastor of the Rock Church. I want to welcome you to church today. I'm going to ask all of you to stand up. Wherever you're at. Uh, at your house. At campus, wherever you're at around the world, please stand up. We're going to pray and ask God to challenge us and to open our eyes to what He wants us to see. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Um, Lord, thank you for what you get us to be involved in, how you have allowed us to partner with you. So we pray you bless our time, encourage us, challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out and count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. Turn to First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter six. 1 Timothy, chapter six. I was uh, sharing my faith with someone one day, and we were talking about God and religion and. The Bible and church and all the things wrapped up in being a Christian. And he asked a very practical question. Why do I need to go to church? And there are a lot of reasons we come to church. The main reason to come to church is to experience God um, with the body of Christ. And But we, we worship. We encourage each other. We learn from one another. Uh, but we get the word of God. And we get the word of God in a way. And for the reason of getting instruction on how to live. And then we take that information and apply it to our life. So the, the purpose is you come inside a church, you experience God through worship, through fellowship and, and, and the word. And then you go out and do something different. And We have been in this series called Make a Difference. And we have been talking about how can we fund and why should we fund ministry to expand the kingdom of God. Uh, We had a special offering last week. We're going to do another offering today to fund ministry beyond um, our normal operations. But today's interview that I'm going to do here in about 10 minutes is going to be very powerful because it has to do with the subject of human trafficking and what we're doing to address that. So, when I teach what I'm going to teach, it is to set us up to be part of the solution to help people who are trying to get out of human trafficking. Now in 1 Timothy, uh, Paul is writing to his disciple Timothy and giving him instruction on how to be a pastor and how to be a man of God. And he talks about a lot of th- subjects. It talks about false teaching. It talks about being argumentative. He talks about being having a godly character uh, worthy of being a pastor and a leader. But one of the things Paul talks about is the difference between Greed and godliness. If you're going to walk with God, especially if you're going to be a pastor, you have to guard your heart against greed and ensure that you are pursuing godliness. And as I'm talking about this, I want you to be thinking of it because we're going to take an offering at the end, and the offering is going to go to not only what we do here at the church, but to address the need of human trafficking and all the other things we've been talking about during this series. But as we talk about this, I want the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit, and been praying to Holy Spirit, would minister to you. So let's read First Timothy chapter six, verse six to ten. It says, "Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out of it." During this season of COVID, I'm sure many of you have, many more of you have been in touch with death, in a very real way, and when you had those times, you realize I can't take anything out of this world. And the things of this world seem to have taken on a different context and a different meaning. But let's keep reading. Having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, not money, the love of money, The love of money, not money, is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many with many sorrows. We're going to have a 1A and a 1B, a 2A, a 2B, a 3A, and a 3B. Three points. We're going to compare greediness to godliness. Number one, greed is a desire. To be rich. Let me be clear, there is nothing wrong with being rich. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being rich. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 1:30 that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We as believers are rich in so many different ways. The Bible says that God owns cattle on a thousand hills, He has no shortage of resources, He just happened to put those in people's pockets. Malachi 3 Look what the Bible says that God wants to do for you in the sense of being blessed. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have been robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be food in my house. And then it says, Test me in this. And we talked about tithing. I know some of y'all are going to have committed to start tithing for the first time and watch God's going to bless you. But here's what it says. Test me if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there's not room to receive it. So God wants you to be blessed. He just doesn't want you to pursue riches over pursuing riches. Godliness. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 6 9. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. If your pursuit, your your preoccupation is, I gotta get more and more and more, and God's over here, that's a problem. He wants us to be godly. So, 1B, godliness is a desire to be like God. Matthew 6, look what it says. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these, the Gentiles, the people who don't believe in God, seek, they're worried about that. Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. It says, first, seek first, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. When it says seek first, not only is God primary on your heart, but what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Seek God first. If you get up in the morning and you say the first thing I'm going to do is say, God, today is your day. Here are my worries. Here are my... Listen, you may have preoccupations when you wake up. Give them to God. First thing. Give them to God first thing. Lord, I'm surrendering my heart to you. I want to be a, I want to be a, a, a humble servant today. I want to be an obedient servant today. I want to be a worship. I want to worship you today and establish that first and then allow God to direct you through your day. Number two, um, greed separates us from God. Greed separates us from God. 1 Timothy 6.9. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. Lusts or desires which drown men from destru- in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of the source of all kinds of evil. People do a whole bunch of crazy cray-cray because of their love for money. For which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness. They've strayed from God. They've drifted from God and pierced themselves with many sorrows. We see it all the time. People ruin their lives because of greed. Godliness draws us close to God. Greed separates us from God. Godliness... Draws us close to God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 7, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I got God, I'm good. Trust me, the more God you get, the less things you need because you will be content with what you have. As I said in the very beginning, many of us have watched people die or get very sick during these last year and a half. It puts Things in perspective. When you die, there will be no hearse behind, no, no U-Haul behind your hearse. There will be no checkbook in your coffin. There will be no Bitcoin in your in your suit or your dress that you get buried in. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't, it ain't down. As a matter of fact in 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 Egypt when they built the pyramids which were tombs for the pharaohs, the pyramid was the top of the tomb. The tomb was in the ground. And in the ground, they would paint an army, the Egyptian army on the wall, and they had all these riches down there and these these shields and these swords because they thought that when the pharaoh came into the afterlife, he would have those things that he can fight with and protect them. Never happened. It's not gonna happen. You have to understand that that when you are godly you are drawn close to god and when you are greedy for, and by the way you can be greedy for money you can be greedy for attention you can be greedy to be first greedy for you know uh, sex greedy for a bunch of stuff i just i got to have more and more god wants you to be greedy for him call it godliness godliness the bible says in first timothy Six seventeen, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. listen this like I said in the very beginning you're have all the things you want i I have had the privilege of being around some very wealthy Christians whose generosity blew me away and i and when I saw that it wasn't this like they had much they were given they had a lot, they were given a lot. But it was even beyond that. It was, it was a, a disposition of the heart that was saying, it's not mine. It's not mine. And, and three, greed leads to destruction. If you are pursuing anything over God, whatever it is, and you are pursuing with a passion, it is going to lead to destruction. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction. Greed will lead to destruction. But godliness, godliness leads to eternal blessing. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 4.8. Bodily exercise profits little compared to godliness which is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that is now and that is to come. When you are godly, God's gonna bless you now and in the life to come. You can have a billion dollars, but when you die, it does you no good. It's gonna to go to somebody else. But if you have a billion dollars of spiritual wealth and power and intimacy with God, obviously it's worth more than billions, that profits you in this life and in the life to come, listen, we're going to do uh, an interview here that I believe is going to be very humbling and revealing to you and challenging. And then we're going to have a special offering and, uh, to fund all the things we've been talking about digital, uh, digital initiatives, our in- community impact here in, in San Diego, um, church expansion, missions, uh, Toys for Joy, the Freedom Center, and serving our community overall. But I I pray that um, the message today, not only what I just said, but what we're gonna talk about, that God would speak to you and God would challenge you about how you can pursue God and godliness over everything else in your life and that God would bless you tremendously. Check out this video and then we're gonna have a powerful interview that I know is gonna bless you. We believe that no area of town, No physical space and no person is beyond the redemptive capacity of God's love. We get to partner with Him as agents of transformation in our broken world.
1: Human trafficking is a very large issue in San Diego. Just sex trafficking is an $810 million industry.
2: So we are currently standing in an iconic strip club in the San Diego area. And we think it's incredible that a space that once sought to dehumanize women and reduce them to commodities is now going to be a space where women can find hope and healing and restoration after they have been rescued from human trafficking.
0: We may look around this building and see broken glass and old structure and crumbling walls. But this building is not condemned to be torn down. It's to be renovated and repurposed. In the same way our brokenness, and we all have brokenness, is not beyond Jesus' desire and ability to restore.
1: these victims. We need a place that's safe for them to rebuild their lives. And this is why this is a call to action for our entire community to work together because we cannot have modern-day slavery in this beautiful place. We cannot call San Diego free until we get rid of human trafficking.
0: How are you doing, everybody? I know that that video moved your heart and we got more where that's coming from. It is amazing when you tell God, God, use me. And we as a church to say to God, God, use us to help people and He will open up doors. And what you saw was just the tip of the iceberg of how we are helping and are going to help a group of people that really need uh, people to help and who are really suffering. And so I have Kristen Mara and these lovely young ladies are very critical uh, to our Freedom Center ministry that we have here that you're going to hear all about. um, Helping people, survivors of human trafficking, sex and labor, which we're going to talk about. Um, So let's start with San Diego and the, the problem that exists here in San Diego. Can you just give people a high level of how San Diego is the hub of human trafficking, one of the hubs in this in this country. And you know, we look at the beautiful weather, the beaches, and all the nice things, and everybody's, you know, walk around in shorts and you know in shape, relatively speaking. But there's a lot of ugliness yeah. here in our city that, that we gotta address. So talk about that.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, San Diego is ranked thirteenth in the nation for human trafficking. And it's a common misconception that it's because we're located so close to the border. But it's actually because we are a tourist destination and a major hub for conventions and gatherings that we see there's a lot of human trafficking taking place in our backyard.
0: So when a convention comes, this is the, this is kind of aha moment for some people right now, because we have a lot of conventions here. There are a lot of customers that come to the conventions.
2: Correct. We have high demand where we see a lot of people gathering.
0: Wow. And so. <laughs> Newsflash! So when you see our convent, people that come here for conventions, nothing wrong with a convention, but let's pray that uh, those conventions aren't sources of, yeah. of mm-hmm. ill will towards these young girls mm-hmm. and guys, right. but mostly young girls. Right. Um, talk about not the, the life cycle, but a lot of these ki- kids are 16 years old when they get uh, into the, talk about that.
2: Yeah, the average age of entry into trafficking is 16 years old. So a lot of times there is a lengthy grooming process, but when someone actually enters being trafficked, they are 16 years of age and they don't have an encounter typically with law enforcement, someone who could help until they're 19 years old.
0: So three years, so there's a grooming process and if you could talk about that because there may be some 15-year-olds right now, 14 watching this and they're thinking, wait a minute, that, that's happening to me right yeah. now. So can you describe that grooming process a little bit and what they may be experiencing?
2: Yep, absolutely. This is an important question. So a lot of times this is a process we refer to as boyfriending, um, and very often it starts on social media. So an older man may reach out to a young girl and uh, flatter and show up emotionally and really create what we would call a trauma bond. And from there, there is a psychological hold on that young woman and it really is just a stair-step process into coercing or threatening her to sell her body over and over Mm -hmm. again.
0: So a trauma bond. The, The young girl has trauma. She needs someone to come and comfort her. Probably from with her dad or some guy in her life, and she, and she needs someone to comfort her. And this other guy comes and fills that void, establishes a level of trust, and then coerce her to have sex with some guy, and that's the beginning of it. Right. Okay, so there, there is a girl and multiples right now who are out there are thinking, yeah. I think that's happening to me. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk to them right now. If you could look to, right to that camera right there and just talk to them. Talk to that girl right now and, and give her some what she should do, advice on what she should yeah,
2: do. Yeah. So to the young women out there who feel alone, I would say, you are not alone. Love never involves abuse. Your body belongs to you, and you can say no. And there is help for you. Um, We'll have some numbers that are available for you to call. If you're identifying with what you're hearing us talk about, there is help that does not need to be tolerated. And love looks different. Love protects, love supports, and love helps you heal. So I would say you're not alone. There's help for you. Please reach out.
0: Wow. So right there on the bottom of your screen is going to be a number right now put on the screen for you to call a website for you to, to reach out because we want to help you and, uh, and I want to encourage you even before this interview yeah. ends that you call that number or at least right after you hear, finish hearing what we're going to say that you call that number, get on that email, reach out to someone who is an adult in your life that can help you walk you through that and uh, don't do it alone but please take action today. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So church about three years ago, 2018-ish, uh, I was approached by a group of businessmen who said that they wanted to purchase a strip club. And I said we didn't have any strip club money in the budget. And they said, well, we have a proposition for you. It was closed. It had closed and had two years on the lease on the license and they wanted to buy it, hold it, not allow it to be used again. And then let their license run out. So Mara, Mm -hmm. you're Director of Development here at the church. Tell us what happened next.
1: Well, it's really interesting because I was sitting at that service when you announced it. And this was before I came on board with the church, owning my own business. And that immediately drew me in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have two teenage daughters, 17 and 15. Mm -hmm. And when I started to hear about what was happening and connecting with my daughters, we knew that this was something that we all wanted to be involved with. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things that we had to do was take those wonderful group of investors and donors who gave so generously, and then we had to say, all right, well, we need to solidify The ownership of the property, if we're going to do anything with it, if we're going to grow the program, we need to make sure that we know we have it um, and that we can move forward with it and we can do what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on that over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone's just been so wonderful. Many of those investors actually donated uh, their investment to the church Mm -hmm. and we are in a position now where we have the property and we can move forward with it.
0: So that's exciting. Good. So we have 100% ownership of the facility and now it's not operating and we've never operated at a strip club. It was closed when we got it. It's closed today and we are converting it. Tell us what it's going to be. Because that's really what we're here about. That's the exciting part. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, Kristen is the expert in that area. But uh, we formed a steering committee about a year and a half ago and it was to figure out what's the best path forward and how can we be sensitive to the needs of this community? And how can we do it right? right? You don't just jump into this area. You don't just dabble in this area. You really have to build expertise. And that's where Kristen comes along and is just such a wonderful addition. And building out programming, mm-hmm. uh, building out resources for these women and helping them to move to the next stage mm-hmm. of where they're going to be mm-hmm. so that they aren't wanting to go back into that life because, I mean, in all honesty, it's a profitable life. And we need to show them that there's a God who loves them
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that there's a different path forward.
0: And, and, and the profits are temporary and deceptive. Mm-hmm. You can make money, but your, your your soul is being ripped out and your sense of worth mm-hmm. is being destroyed and trampled and you find yourself... Destroyed yes. at the end, unless you can get out. Because I know women have gotten out and they're they're on track and they're doing great with their life. They still have the memories and the pain, but right. there is life after. Yeah. Talk about the Freedom Center. We call it the Freedom Center. What the Freedom Center is going to offer these young ladies?
2: Yes. So isn't that just God to take a space like a strip club and turn it around to be used for His glory? Exactly. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, something that's really special about what we're going to do and what we're building right now with the Freedom Center is we're going to step in and we're going to disrupt that cycle. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, five to seven times it takes someone leaving their trafficker, and a lot of times what pulls them back is this psychological hold as well as a feeling of what else would I do? Mm -hmm. I don't know anything else. This is what I've been doing since I was a teenager. I don't have a vocational skill set. And where would I live? Those are all things that a trafficker would provide. And so the Freedom Center is stepping right into the middle of that cycle. And we're saying, there are options for you. Here is a bed. Here is a roof over your head. We will provide Trauma-informed mental health. We will provide vocational training, and we're going to say all those things that would make you want to go back and feel like that's your only option. We're coming alongside you with those services. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting, and we are we are in there to disrupt the cycle and say there's hope.
0: Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, if you've ever seen somebody who continually, repetitively destroys their life. We all do it in some form, whether it be, you know, drugs, lying, you know, gossip, whatever it is. We all have some level of self-destruction that is repetitive. And often we do that because that's what we know. We feel comfortable. It's it's a form of power. I can do this. I can lie. I can steal. I can actually take control over something in my life, even if it's self-destructive. And some people have been so self-destructive for so long they're actually scared to Mm -hmm. succeed. Because succeed is um, the unknown and the unknown is scary. Even if the unknown has a promise of being better, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So give, give them a little more meat on what we're going to actually do with the Freedom, in the Freedom Center for these young ladies. Because, again, there's a young lady out there, the young ladies out there right now who are in it right now. They're past the six, age 16 or they're past the courting stage. They're actively in it saying, I want to get out. Mm-hmm. Because there are very few beds in San Diego Correct. That, uh, that offer this for ladies. So um, th- there's a lot of needs. So tell, tell, tell us more what we're gonna, that young lady would be able to get.
2: Yeah, so one exciting component is the resource center. That is gonna be a drop-in center and we are gonna provide for practical needs. So women can come in, they can get food, they can get a change of clothes, they could use a shower, they could get mental health support. In that drop-in space and they could also come in and meet with a career consultant and see, wow, you know what, there's another option for me. So that's a huge part of it. So women who are actively being trafficked, we want to see them in the center and say, hey, there's more options. Mm -hmm. And then the second component of the Freedom Center is actually getting out. That Mm -hmm. is the program emergency shelter where we are bringing them in, we're providing intensive case management to help them establish sobriety. There's a lot of drug addiction that goes on with this population, Uh, trauma, mental health care, as well as a bed to sleep in. And then we'll be helping them transition to a longer term facility. Typically it's about 18 to 24 months and they'll continue the journey with these women to truly help them get back on their feet and re enter society,
0: I want you to think about this that you can have a lifestyle that will take you one to two years to undo and to get you on a, on a path and get that person on a path to live a self sufficiently and a healthy life. Mm-hmm. That's how deceptive and destructive this lifestyle is. By the way, uh, we have the Freedom Center. The Freedom Center is going to there's going to be a lot of counseling and and intake, but we need a house. So here's what I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to ask two people. Uh, we need a house, so I'm going to ask for two. <laughs> I like that. We need two houses, and this is for p- places for these women to actually live. Now in San Diego, how many beds are there for? survivors of human trafficking
2: not enough yeah.
0: what's that, what is the not number about not
2: enough we are looking at thousands of individuals being trafficked and hundreds of beds it is just absolutely disproportionate right. particularly for those who are fitting into what we call emergency housing or right. transitional housing where it's a, a a first step right i mean w- we're looking at 10 beds would be increasing about 30% the so, capacity. So, yeah. the,
0: so there's about 20, 30 beds in San Diego. For
2: that emergency shelter. Right.
0: Yes. So there's about 20, 30 beds. Think about that. 20, to 30 beds in San Diego. Why can't we get two houses with 10 beds each? Why can't we get mm-hmm. that? So I know that people out there, you have a house that is sitting there. You're, you're, you're getting rent and you don't need it. Imagine if God can use that house. To house uh, and save a life lives, multiple lives of so, uh, women out there who are mm-hmm. being trafficked multiple times a day, we don't want to get into the details of that, but it's horrible I can't imagine right. I can't imagine um, that and so that's what we're talking about. So in a minute we're going to take an offering to give towards this or any of the things we've been talking about. But at the same time, one of those things you can give is a house. We have uh, given away a house. Someone gave us a house that we gave away during, during the fires several years ago. And, and, and that was one house. I would love to get two houses. And they give us the house and we're going to need to put professionals in that house. We're going to need expenses for that house. And so just be praying about that. I know God's been moving on someone's heart right now. Uh, because you've been praying, what am I going to do with all these houses I have, or this house, and God can use that. Way beyond your, your, your dreams and, and what mm-hmm. you're gonna ask or imagine. Um, before we take the offering, because we gotta get to that, um, how can the public be involved uh, in, other, in, all, in addition to giving? What can they do?
2: Yeah, I love this question. This is happening in our community, and we are all responsible for our community, and human trafficking is something it takes every single one of us to be a part of ending it because it is so pervasive. So there are multiple ways people can be involved. I would say to start with education. This is a topic, it stays with you. It was about 15 years ago that I first learned about it and it just stayed with me and it pulled on my heart. I think that's the Holy Spirit saying, this isn't what happens in the kingdom of God, do something. So I would say get educated And then there are a lot of people with specific skill sets, lawyers, doctors, mental health clinicians that we need directly serving the women. We also, we need advocacy. We need people Mm -hmm. at the legal level. We need dollars, we need prayer. Every single person has a role to play in ending this injustice.
0: Um, You've been hearing about all the initiatives that we've been talking about. church expansion, missions, community impact, all the service we do in the community, Toys for Joy, the Freedom Center, digital initiatives. And we've been talking about this so we can raise funds and resources and people, time, talent, and treasure to fund all this stuff to give us resources so we can do all this and expand the kingdom. So I want you to get out this card Um, if you are in one of our campuses or you got one of these in the mail. If they're in the U.S., please text Vision to 52525. Two, five, two, five. If you're outside the U.S., go to our website, sdrock.com vision, uh, because we're going to take a special offering right now. Now, some of you are going to say, I'm going to commit to tithing because you haven't done that first. And that's the first step to our giving. And if you're not doing that, I would challenge you to do that first and establish a habit of tithing and generosity and then build on that later to give the special offering. So um, if you can get this card out, again, if you're in the U.S., text VISION to 52525. And if you're outside the U.S., go to sdrock.com slash VISION. And what you're going to see, it's going to be on the screen, is the card. And at the very top, I'm going to ask you to be prayerfully uh, put in what is you want to invest. What is your donation? Now, it could be a, a general tie. You want to check that box if this is just for general operation. Or it could be specifically for Make a Difference specifically for the things we're talking about. And then where you could fill out your name, your address, your email, and your credit card information. Now before you fill this out, I'm going to pray for you because I want you to really pray for what God is calling you to do. Um, You need to be committed spiritually that this is what God and convinced that this is what God wants you to do. And then ask God to put a number and a mouth on your heart. Especially if you're giving over and above your tithe. We're trying to raise over a million dollars for just the Freedom Center the next year uh, to do all this. And if we get a couple houses, two houses, uh, that's at an expense and it's going to be great. We want you to donate the house. But we also have expenses that we have to hire staff for those houses. And again, what is this for? There are women right now on the street who are being trafficked. They're slaves right here in San Diego. You drive by them. You walk by them. You may even have a conversation with them and not even know it. We want to help them we want to rescue them. Uh, there are people around the world who are going to watch this digitally we want to fund that we want to expand churches we want to fund and and help our missionaries um, we want to uh, feed kids and give kids toys for toys of joy and and send our church out to the community throughout the, the whole year serving our community this is what this money's going for and so I want you to pray about that and ask God uh, to move in your heart Our goal is seven million dollars the more money we get the more vision we can fulfill and the more lives we can change so let me pray please get your card out and be thinking and praying God what do you want me to do Lord thank you so much for your faithfulness thank you for the privilege of serving you thank you for the privilege of standing in the gap for people who are hurting people who don't know you people who are lost thank you that someone did that for me And all of us on this stage, thank you that someone did that for all of us who are listening. Someone shared the gospel with us. So I pray that you bless us right now with clarity and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And let me say this. If you have cryptocurrency, we will take your crypto. Here's the thing about crypto and stocks. If they appreciate it, you do not want to sell it and give us the cash because you have to pay capital gains on that. Just give us the crypto, give us the appreciated crypto, give us the appreciated asset, and then you can write the whole thing off. We don't pay the tax and we'll get 100%. We'll go to the, the, the church and what we're trying to do. So take a minute, take your pen out. I appreciate it. I want to thank you in advance for what you're going to do. I'm going to fill the card out with you. Hopefully, that was enough time for you. And I want to just take a minute and pray for uh, what you committed and that God would multiply the impact, the kingdom impact of what you committed in the lives of the people we're going to help and the blessing back to you. That God would bless you where your vats would overflow, that He would give you more blessing than you can handle. Why? So you can be generous with it. And so let me pray for you, pray for us, and pray for the people that we're going to help in 2022 with your generosity. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity to stand in the gap for people who may not be able to help themselves right now. And we pray and thank you for what you're going to do in their lives. And thank you for all the generosity that is flowing right now. I pray you bless people a hundredfold for their generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.